Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this sweltering Saturday. Plenty of stories and action to bring you up to date on this evening. Manchester United are losing 2-0 away to Brentford at the moment. It's been absolutely shocking so far in the first half from United. Loads of other Premier League action. We have all the full-time reports from the day's games. Um, of course, Cork City suffered defeat last night at Turner's Cross. We get Colin Healy's reaction on the loss to Treaty and we speak to our own Rory O'Hagan. Jeremy McCarthy saw Dohanese beat Bandon last night in the Senior A Football Championship. He spoke to both camps and we'll hear a report from the game from him. We hear from Davy Fitz, who's back in Watford, plus loads more. That's all coming up before seven. Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock on Cork's Red FM on the Big Red Bench and it goes from bad to worse. It's 3-0 to Brentford at the Brentford Community Stadium and to be honest with you, all I can do is laugh at it. I don't think it's any secret that I'm a United fan. This is the worst I have ever in my life laid eyes on. Honestly, shocking and embarrassing from the group of players that are on the pitch at the moment David De Gea has run around the place like you would have a five year old in there he'd do a better job at the moment to be quite honest with you he was at fault for the first two goals uh, at least and just a set piece here just absolute carnage I uh, don't know what's going on but um, Eric Ten Hag must just be sitting there on the bench thinking how do I get rid of these guys because that's all he can do is just change the players that are there Ben Me, his first goal for Brentford after signing for them from uh, Burnley half an hour gone 3-0 uh, there Anyway, uh, we'll get back to the Premier League action in just a minute. Uh, f- first of all, let's uh, have a look at the local GA going on in the Bon Secures Premier Senior Football Championship. Castlehaven take on Nemo Rangers in Clonakilty at 7pm. Valley Rovers playing Mallow and Coachford at the same time. The Senior A Football Championship. Bela and Gerrig beat Kish came 114 to 112. And at 7, St. Michael's come up against Formoy. Uh, on to swimming. Um, three Irish swimmers are in action at the European Championships in Rome this evening. Mona McSherry has finished fifth in the final of the women's 100-metre breaststroke. Daniel, Danielle Hill will get her 50-metre backstroke semi-final underway shortly. Dara Green will be in the pool for the 200-metre backstroke semis this hour as well. In golf, Leona Maguire shot a three-over par round of 76 to line it tied for 15th place after the third round of the World Invitational on the LPGA Tour. The Solheim Cup star is now 5-under for the week. Six shots off the lead. Amanda Doherty sits on top of the leaderboard on 11-under. Shane Lowry has gotten his penultimate round of the FedEx uh, St. Jude Championship underway this evening. The Offaly man is 1-over through 9, so he's back to 3-under in Memphis. Uh, JJ Spawn is the leader on 11-under also. Uh, Emma Raducanu will be one of Serena Williams, the last ever competitive opponents. Uh, the British number one has been drawn against the 23-time Grand Slam singles champion in the first round of the tournament of a tournament next week in Cincinnati. And of course, um, Serena Williams effectively announced her retirement uh, from tennis this week, uh, saying that she was evolving away uh, from from uh, tennis after the US Open um, right let's get into the full time reports from the earlier uh, games in the Premier League um, and first of all let's hear from uh, the manager of Aston Villa 
excuse me, Aston Villa and Everton. Uh, Steven Gerrard's side beat Everton 2-1 uh, to score their first win of the new Premier League season. Uh, Danny Ings and Emelie. Emiliano Buendia uh, the scorers for Aston Villa and uh, Villa boss Gerard was pleased with their response after a poor display in their opening game last week you want to get on the board as soon as you can the plan was to do that last week um, we have no complaints with the outcome of that um, you know Premier League level there's one thing you need is a certain level of performance to put points on the board yeah, he was under a lot of pressure there. Uh, Stephen Gerrard talks of you know there was a if if it wasn't good today, then the the fans were going to be starting to boo the team off the pitch at Phillip Park. So a uh, big win for him. And one man that is under serious and constant pressure uh, is uh, Frank Lampard, of course. Back to back defeats now for Everton, um, and he felt he felt his team did enough today to deserve a point. We created three or four really good chances at the end of the game to draw it. So it's a similar feeling to last week on that front. But some things are understandable. New players in the team, the injuries we've taken in. So we have to be a bit patient on that front. But it's a shame we haven't picked up something from both of our first two games. Yeah, um, funnily enough, I saw a tweet earlier is saying that uh, Luca Digne is uh, currently ever. Oh, I actually do not even believe it. United are 4 0 down away to Brentford I don't know anyway I don't even know how to react to it but uh, anyway uh, I saw Everton uh, fan tweeting about how Luca Digne was their top scorer this season he scored an own goal obviously uh, today uh, uh, for Aston Villa against uh, well an own goal for Everton let's say uh, he left uh, he left Everton in January he's their top scorer this season but um, I, I, I'm gobsmacked by what is happening at the moment uh, in the United game it's Truly shocking. But anyway, we'll move on. Manchester City have strolled to a 4 0 win over Bournemouth in the Premier League, as Brentford are about to do. Uh, Darren Stanage was at the Etihad. City 4, Bournemouth 0. The host 3 0 up at the break. They killed this game then. Three well taken goals. Gundogan scored the opener with a Haaland assist. De Bruyne grabbed the second, a brilliant individual goal before laying off Foden for the third. Into the second half, more of the same in terms of home dominance. The fourth didn't come until the 80th minute. Cancelo's cross deflected into his own net by Lerma. Bournemouth just not able to handle the champion. Today, the only thing missing from them was a Harlan goal, I suppose, but there was nothing to trouble Edison at all in the city goal. It's two out of two for the champions, City four, Bournemouth nil. Gabriel Jesus scored twice for Arsenal as they continued their winning start to the new Premier League season with a 4 2 victory over Leicester. Guy Swindles reports. Arsenal 4, Leicester 2. Thoroughly entertaining afternoon. Gabriel Jesus with two first half goals put the Gunners in control. A Saliba own goal gave Leicester a sniff in the second half, but it only lasted a minute or so before Chaka swept home with the goal at his mercy. Back came Leicester. 3 2, brilliant finish by Madison, but again it only lasted a minute before Martinelli, edge of the box, swept home. Jesus should have had a hat trick, but in the end it finished. Arsenal 4, Leicester 2. It's bad when you're getting Texas off fellas who have absolutely no notion about soccer whatsoever. It's happening at the moment, I'd say, to many a United fan around the country at the moment. Uh, Wolves and Fulham have played out in nil-all draw in the Premier League. Clive Edwards was there. Wolves nil, Fulham nil, first point for Wolves, second draw for Fulham. It should have been Fulham's game because Mitrovic 
took a penalty in the 80th minute he fired it low and hard but the keeper saved it it was really straight at him in additional time Mitrovic and Gibbs White got involved in a fracas somehow the referee decided to give them both only yellow cards they were lucky it was a decent first half the second half was scrappy and sometimes ugly it finished Wolves nil Fulham nil Southampton fought from two goals down to draw two all at home to Leeds. David Garrett was there. Southampton two, Leeds two, an astonishing turnaround here. Saints were two down. Rodrigo had given Leeds a two-goal advantage in the opening minute of the second half. He got his first. Saints barely out of the tunnel before Harrison crossed for Rodrigo to sweep home. That was his first goal. A corner court. Saints flat-footed again. Pascal Stroik flicked the ball on at the near post. Rodrigo right on the line to nudge it over for his third goal of the season in just two games and Saints looked like they had no chance but wait Arsene Hurtle threw on Adam Armstrong and Joe Aribo and the two combined for Aribo to score on his home debut and then Sakumara another substitute threaded through a beautiful pass for Walker Pieces to seal what had seemed an almost impossible comeback at the hour mark the subs work for Saints but should they have played from the start well Saints have got a point Leeds now have four Jesse Marsh should be happy with an away draw but he must be wondering how Leeds threw that away Southampton two Leeds two Brighton Newcastle also played out a goalless uh, stalemate in the Premier League which Alan Lewis had to watch. Brighton nil, Newcastle United nil. An entertaining game ultimately ends goal. It's not for the want of trying though. Callum Wilson had a goal ruled out in the first half while Solly March had a shot cleared off the line by Kieran Trippier. Brighton with a better team for much of the second half. Nick Pope in the Newcastle goal brilliantly saving from Lalana and March while Dan Byrne also went close at the other end. Veltman almost got a winner. Pascal Grosch, the hero at Old Trafford a week ago missed a glorious chance late on as well. Both teams end up with a point. It finished Brighton nil, Newcastle nil. The Glazier protests, I would imagine, are about to really intensify uh, from Manchester United fans. Uh, banners going up in the away end at the moment. Uh, time to go, Glazier's out, etc. And there's a planned walkout. Uh, at a, a smallish enough fan group have planned this walkout at the next home game which just happens to be against Liverpool um, and you know we're saying there during the week you're looking at it like it's probably not going to happen it's pro- probably going to happen now I would say especially after this uh, so that's going to be interesting to see um, anyway let's keep away from the Premier League for a minute and help me keep my sanity some way uh, let's turn our attention uh, to goings on uh, in Cork City and um, of course last night uh, was uh, not exactly a, a great night for Cork City uh, but before we get to that let's check on how the Cork City women are doing um, in the Women's National League unfortunately they're 1-0 down as uh, um, with 51 minutes gone Athlone uh, lead that's on in Turner's Cross so hopefully Cork City can can get back into the game there now let's hear from Colin Healy after Cork City were defeated 2-0 by Treaty United last night he was with Colm O'Sullivan Colin obviously a, a disappointing night only the second defeat of the season yeah very disappointing Um yeah, we were. Um, I thought we were poor. Um, I thought we were yard yard off the pace tonight. Um, give credit to Treaty. Listen, they got a very good goal. Uh, Boy Reardon got a very good strike and some bit of um, sloppy defending for the for the for the penalty. But I just thought even in the second half, I just didn't think that we were. That it didn't look like that we were going to score. Um, so disappointing overall. Um, we've got another big game Monday. 
Uh, so we'll, we'll focus now on that. As I said, it's, uh, it is disappointing, but listen, it's happened and we just got to get on with it. What do you think went wrong tonight? Uh, some guys just didn't look us up for it as, as, as normally. As a team, as a team, I just thought we were a yard off the pace. Um, for that reason, I, I don't know. Like we started with a back three. Um, I thought they pressed us aggressively with it, so we, we changed our back four. Um, I thought we got a small bit, we got a bit of hold of the game, like, but it still wasn't ourselves. But we, um, we had a bit of possession, but it, we didn't really look like um, creating too many chances. Um, it was just one of those nights, um, and, and, and they happened, but it's just um, we got a bounce back from it. It doesn't affect the league table standings too much. Galway were beaten by Waterford as well tonight. It's still three points. He still have the game in hand. So it's as you were. That's probably not much consolation, but it, but it does still mean you have a three point lead. Yeah, yeah. No, listen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, yeah. But it, we're just. I'm just dis- disappointed on just the performance. Um, as I said, we're better than that. Um, obviously, we give Treaty uh, credit. Listen, they they came out. Um, they put in a good performance. Um, they, they were solid at the back. Um, and listen, we couldn't break them down. So um, it was just one of those nights. Things didn't happen for us, and we move on. Does it make money? game all the more important I mean it's a game he obviously wants to go out and win anyway it was your game in hand but in terms of just bouncing back from a defeat like this it's an important to get back into the into winning ways on Monday no, absolutely absolutely but you know every game is important now um, as I said game uh, Monday is massive as I said Waterford has, um, has a very good win against Galway so um, they're flying at the moment so um, yeah it's an important game and listen um, the players um, they'll need to be up for it because they're a good side and uh, you know it makes it uh, to be a good game so listen we, we, we'll come in we'll come in the weekend and we'll, uh, we'll get focus and we get ready for Monday. You made a couple of changes uh, with the starting team tonight. Was that with Monday's game in mind? No, no, it wasn't. It was just um, with, with Josh. Josh had a bit of a tight hamstring, and I, and I didn't want to chance him. I didn't want to chance him. Just with the games coming up, and um, we put in Jonas, um, and then obviously we, um, we 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 put in Lewis as well up top. Um, and you know, it's, we we put him in. We had the and listen, we put him in, and then we some make some changes. Then the second half, we probably went for a bit of with a four-two-four. But it's um, listen, um, we didn't look like scoring. Just one of those nights that happened, and uh, we move on from it. It's only seven or eight games left now. It really is the title run-in. Um, how important is it to, to not have a night like this again? I, I mean, just to drive on and kind of just pick up points, no, though. Is, no, it is, it is. And it's, it's frustrating for me, but it's, um, it is, I just got to be, you know, make sure the players are focused now for, for, for Monday. Um, listen, there's no point in me going in and having to go off players. And listen, obviously, we are disappointed. We didn't perform. But the most important thing is that we tomorrow we recover. We come in we come in Sunday and we're focused for the game on, on Monday. Um, listen, I don't like losing. I don't. Like, you know, listen, they've been great all season, but it was just one of those nights that just didn't happen for us. All right, thanks, Colin. Cheers. Yeah, Colin Healy there speaking with Cullum now let's hear from Rory who was at the game commentating on LOI TV Alright Rory um, I suppose it's not often we've had this conversation uh, this season a 2-0 loss last night for Cork City at home to Treaty United a 24 game unbeaten streak at an end it's uh, quite disappointing I suppose It was the worst performance that Cork City put in all season there's no two ways about it they were absolutely dreadful last night from kick-off to the final whistle they had no ideas no attacking impetus barely registered a shot and target and Treaty Night were absolutely superb they were full value for their three points Um, it was just one of those games and it's it's hard to describe one of those games because you just know when one of those games are happening because it's one of those games and you could tell it was going to be one of those games from early on when Dylan McGlade missed from a yard out um, balls cleared across the box um, empty net and somehow 
Scottish shot looked like he stood in the ball instead of putting it into the back of the net that was after two minutes he scored after one nil up and he said he going to win that game comfortably Treaty United um, had lost 5-0 4-0 and 3-0 to City in their three games they were a much improved side though because they had won uh, four games in the bounce before losing to Waterford last week three of those in the league and Tommy Barrett has done a tremendous job in reorganising that Treaty United team their shape last night was absolutely incredible you could tell they'd spent an incredible amount of time working on that in the uh, on the training ground because just they were brilliant. They played a four-one-four-one formation, and uh, McCollum um, just sat on Barry Coffey, made sure Barry Coffey couldn't do anything whatsoever, or Callum McNamara, excuse me, and made sure that Barry Coffey couldn't do anything. Just followed Barry Coffey around the place, and Barry Coffey was completely anonymous. Um, they just got a completely right success. Uh, Elegant up front just caused so much wreck. Jonas Hacken and Keon Coleman just couldn't deal with him. He was creating space, he was fighting for every ball, and just had an absolute battle with the two centre halves. City just couldn't deal with it, and a tremendous amount of credit has to go to Treaty United who were absolutely excellent last night but Colin Healy when he's looking back at the table this, he's going to realise just how poor his team were from kickoff and how much of an improvement they need uh, when Waterford comes to town on Monday night Aiden. yeah Dylan McGlade is a player who we spoke about with, with a lot of excitement at the start of the season and of course he scores a hat-trick in the first game and then he gets injured um, and he was out for quite a while and he just hasn't found that form at all since he's returned it's an interesting one City have changed their formation and shape uh, since Dylan McGlade has come back to full fitness to presumably accommodate Dylan McGlade they used to play a 3 5 2 and was quite successful for the well, it was very successful uh, across the season they've now moved to a 4 3 3 Dylan McGlade uh, wide on the left hand side and he's got Kevin O'Connor as his left back then just to, to back him up because Dylan McGlade excellent as we know ball at feet coming out of full back going forward defensively maybe not as much and in the 3-5-2 can't afford to be um, lax defensively you have to be up and down that wing for 90 minutes it's a, it's a tough job um, attacking but not also defending and City have gone to a 4-3-3 uh, since Dylan McGlade has come back to full fitness into the starting eleven to accommodate him it's not working um it's 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 hard. I mean, like, it's hard to say. Well, I'll, I'll rephrase that. It's hard to say it's not working because they won six one with that formation last week against Athlone Town. That being yeah. said, Athlone Town were an absolutely dreadful side, the worst side to come through uh, Turners Cross this season by an absolute mile. But um, against a team that were as organised as Treaty were last night, it just it didn't work. You've got Rory Keating wide on the right hand side, completely wasted, out of the game completely. He started Lewis Britton last night in place of Akeen Murphy. Now Lewis Britton, he might have scored ten goals down Walford, has done absolutely nothing for City since he's arrived, and doesn't look like doing anything for City. It's it's he, he, he just he looks slow on the ball, cumbersome. Um, and uh, he, like he worked hard last night for for the for the first half, and just nothing was going right for him. And it's hard for him, I suppose, to come into a team and and and, and play the way that Colin he wants him to play. And Lewis Britton is a very tall centre forward, number nine out and out, who wants balls delivered from the left and right wings onto his head from 12 yards out and Cork City are not that team yeah. Cork City want to retain their possession they want to, to pass it around they want to break it down they want to put in through balls um, in behind the defence and put you away that way City don't get the ball in the wings and cross the ball in they haven't done that all season and it was frustrating last night Aidan to see a City team who were 22 games unbeaten in the league before last night 
just resort to long balls all night last night it wasn't like the Cork City team that we had seen at all throughout the course of the season and again Treaty United deserve so much credit for that because the way they lined out defensively was it was to borrow a, a phrase from basketball it was a half court press and that they were very very content to leave City have the ball in their own half they sat back they didn't pressure the City centre halves in their own half when the ball crossed line is when the pressure uh, arose and they were hunting in packs and making sure that Matt Healy didn't get time in the ball making sure that Barry Coffey didn't have time in the ball and therefore the Cork City centre has because they were um, the midfield were, were being man-marked out of it and um, the centre halves were all covered had to go long and hopefully get one in over the top and it just wasn't working at all and Colin Healy changed things up a little bit in the second half brought James Duna on he brought Keen Murphy on and then he brought Josh uh, Josh Honahan on Josh Honahan was dropped for uh, Jonas Hackman which last, last night which was a, a massive surprise because Josh Honahan had been absolutely rock solid for City uh, the last couple of weeks and brought in Hackman which I was a little bit surprised about Britain for Murphy you could argue that Murphy needed a bit of rest he's one of the few players who played in every game for Cork City so maybe he needed a rest it's yeah. a busy time so they have Waterford on Monday they've got Ramblers on Friday um, but Britain didn't do anything in his 56 minutes Kim Murphy came on and just because the balls were playing long over the top and he was just chasing lost causes all night it was very very frustrating to watch and again I'm just going to go back to, to that phrase it was one of those games um, it's disappointing to lose it's disappointing to lose the treaty it's disappointing to lose at home but Aiden, the, the blow was massively softened by the fact that Galway United were beaten by Waterford last night. I mean, like, it was a massive let off for exactly, City. Exactly, yeah. I was just going to say it, I've written down here. Let off the hook, like, is, is an understatement. It's like Galway defeated by Waterford, and of course, it's Waterford that City face on Monday. Yeah, uh, it's not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination, but you win that, you're six points clear, you've got a, a better goal difference yeah. uh, as well. Um, uh, I think it's plus 10, but like, it's not going to be easy against Waterford. They are an excellent side. They beat 3D last week, they beat Galway last night. They're coming to turn across full of confidence for a Munster derby, and they are not going to let anything behind them. It's going to be an absolute cracker on Monday, and it's going to be fascinating to see what Colin Healy changes because a little bit of pressure on him now as well after that defeat as well to see what he can come up with. Um, to contract A that defeat and B the, the threat that Waterford pose I mean does he go back to his tried and tested 3-5-2 does he persist with this 4-3-3 that he employed against Cove and the coupling as that loan last week and against that treaty last night limited success I mean like, again you can kind of almost write off that 6-1 defeat uh, of Athlone because Athlone was so poor and they weren't great against Ramblers playing that formation they were terrible last night against treaty playing that formation do you go back to that 3-5-2 which brought so much success to City it'll be it's, it's fascinating to see what Colin Healy does because he's under a lot a bit of pressure now after that defeat and he is just very lucky that Galway United were beaten last night I was a bit surprised I didn't expect Galway United to be beaten last night Conor McCormick sent off for them as well last night so I mean like he's going to be out um, for a game or two so that's a big news for City as well but we we'll just go back again to, to, to last night's game at Turner's Cross played um, in very very warm conditions water yeah. breaks uh, in effect last night you could see City struggled a little bit with the heat I struggled a little bit with the heat and I was just on commentary in the, in the TV gantry yeah. uh, it was that hot last night um, but look they got it out of their system now I can't imagine they're going to be as poor again on Monday night they can't be as poor on Monday night because last night was the poorest I have seen Cork City FC for a long long time 
Yeah, well, these are the these are the championship moments now, and it's, it's time for Cork City to react, and uh, a great chance to do that on Monday. And like you said, they finally get rid of that game in hand, and with a win, go six points clear, and really uh, cement themselves in the driving seat in the first division title race. Rory, thanks a million. Thank you, Ed. Yeah, uh, Rory there on Cork City's loss and a big, big game Monday now against Waterford. Huge chance for them to um, to put that loss last night to bed and take a six-point advantage in the title race. Um, halftime at the Brentford Community Stadium. Ian Beach is there. Brentford 4, Manchester United 0. Brentford 4, Manchester United 0. And I can't believe I'm saying this. Brentford have taken their foot off the gas since scoring their fourth. The goal scorers have been Josh De Silva, Matthias Jensen, Ben Mee and Brian Mbwemo. There have been mistakes galore by United players and they look completely shell-shocked. They are walking off dazed. If this was a boxing match, the United corner would throw in the towel. But we've got 45 minutes left to play. Brentford 4, Manchester United 0. Yeah, honestly, the, the, the worst I've ever seen. That's all that can be said about it. Um, anyway, let's get on to uh, last night's uh, Cork um, uh, Bon Secures Senior A Football Championship. Jerm McCarthy was there for us and um, he's also um, out and about for us uh, this evening. Um, I've actually forgotten where he is going. I need to check up on where he is. Um, just two seconds. But uh, yeah, last night he saw... Um, Brandon uh, face Dohanis tonight. He is giving live updates on the at Big Red Bench Twitter account. He is at the big clash, of course, Castlehaven versus Nemo Rangers in the Premier Senior Football Championship. So, if uh, if if you're out and about and uh, you can't uh, can't make the game, you can follow live updates on our Twitter at Big Red Bench. But yeah, last night, as I said, uh, Bandon versus Dohanis. Here is Jor's uh, full time recap. Dohanis twenty points, Bandon one ten. The Dumbarton Club revived their hopes of qualifying from the Van Secours Cork Senior Football Championship Group B at the expense of their West Cork rivals in Ballinacarga on Friday evening. A local derby played out amid extremely hot and humid conditions saw Donnies register their first victory of the campaign. Leading not 11-1-2 at the break, the Dumamic Club survived the third quarter Bandon revival and scored four late points to copper fasten a deserved win. On the night, the full forward line of Donnie's full forward line of Gavin Farm, Mark Buckley and Keith White were in excellent form. Farm kicked five points, uh, Buckley four points before going off injured and Keith White added three more as did Fionn Hurley on the 40. Um, a very very good overall performance as for Bandon they only managed 1-2 in the first half and that really was their undoing. They came right back into it in the third quarter though in fairness to them Barry Collins, Jonathan Mulcahy, Connor Callan Darren Crowley uh, reducing the deficit down to two just with about a quarter of an hour remaining and uh, from that point you were it looked like uh, Bandon might get back level but Fionn Hurley and Owen Laver steadied the ship with another couple of points and in the closing stages it was Keith White who rattled the Bandon crossbar and kicked two extra points to seal the victory for Donnies they win 20 points to 110 uh, Donnies now go into their final Group B match against Kishkame knowing a victory will secure a place in the knockout stages of the Cork Senior A Football Championship while Bandon they need a victory over Bailot and Gorick, um to avoid getting into a relegation scrap Jeremy McCarthy Cork's Red FM yeah, let's hear first from the victorious manager, Donny's boss, Declan O'Dwyer. Uh, Donny's manager, Declan O'Dwyer, congratulations on that 20 to 110 victory over Bandon in the Bonscores Cork Senior A Football Championship. You must be delighted, first of all, with the victory, but how happy are you with your team's overall performance? Uh, yeah, look, 100% delighted with the victory coming away from Ballingary. A draw in, in a group of three, a group of four, sorry, is. Um, 
team of the last three really, after winning the last two games anyway. So absolutely delighted with the victory. Um, performance, 45 minutes of very, very good football. But um, I looked as obviously to improve and so I'm not very happy to be fair. Yeah, you were leading 11 points to 1-2 at the break, but then Bandon came right back at you in the third quarter, which he did find that other gear towards the end to, to see them off. Yeah, look, in, in a game of championships, a team is going to have a spell in all fairness. So Bandon did have that spell. Um, we, we struggled for a bit during it. Um, we, our subs, I thought, really settled us and just added legs to it. And like you said, we kicked on very, very well at the end with two or three subs getting points as well, you know. You must be very happy in particular with your full forward line. Gavin Farr getting five points, Mark Buckley four, and Keith White as well coming in with three. Um, how is Mark? Because he went down injured and had to be carried off. Yeah, um, initially it, it doesn't look great, but look, hopefully now with a bit of a walk over the next three weeks, he'll be okay. He's um, seven form of ankle issue anyway, so I think it was the same ankle he just went over and again. But look, he has three weeks to hopefully get it right. Um, and the legs, um, yeah. You know what, Jerry didn't actually get the stats yet, so um, <laughs> that's that outstanding scoring on fairness for the full forward line in any game. Yeah, especially young Gavin Farr because he's he's new to that forward line. Keith and, and Mark have a bit of experience, but Gavin, like he, he, kicking five points against anyone in Senior A Football Championship, you know, he's a real prospect. Oh yeah, and Gavin's very very different as you can see to the I suppose Fionn Keith and um, Buck. So he, I think he compliments them that way in the sense of. He's, he's very different to the way they play they're constantly buzzing 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 but Gavin Moore and in front of goal player he's, he's been exceptional since he came on to this year in the league now to be fair um, You head into the final group match uh, against Kishkame knowing that if you win that you're through um, you know the permutations of the group are still up in the air because you know Bailan must play Kishkame yet this weekend but from your own point of view are Donnie's where you want them to be at this point still with a few things to improve? Yeah exactly you, you nailed it there Um Definitely we're going to be able to go into the last group game knowing you win a draw out or into the knockouts and exactly as you want as you you there's still things to work on and improve on um football players to come back into it. We're, we're injured today. So no all in all, no very, very happy today. Jar also caught up with Bandon manager Colm Ahern. Uh Colm, could it put it to you that that third quarter performance showed just how disappointing the first half display was? You left yourselves with too much to do? Yeah, 100% sure. Very slow starting and something we spoke about because we were very slow starting in this game in the first round as well, where we let the game too far behind us and we actually won the second half against Kish game and we won that third quarter. And, you know, we, we came very strong, but we had a chance then to pick it back to make it two points, unfortunately. Mm. Missed the free, you know, that that was vital and Donnie's went down and scored and, and you know, after the week we could we just couldn't regroup then after that. Um it like the scoreline suggests that Donnie's were convincing winners and they were towards the end the last like five, ten minutes of injury time there, they pulled away with those scores. But have you seen enough in the two games to give you hope going into that Ballingary match? And I suppose you have to have hope, sure if you don't have hope, you've nothing. But uh, I, I think if you're, if you're being very honest, I think, you know, Donnie's were much the better side. I think they honestly were. You know, we did have a very good third quarter. But besides that, you know, Donnie's for three quarters again were much the better side. How difficult is it this year to be a dual club? Yeah, it, it's very hard, you know. And we've, I've never been involved in a club, you know, that's been so many injuries, you know. Ill prepared is the wrong word, but you know we, we we just can't get any flow going in training because you know the numbers are so low with so many injuries. And I suppose we we load of guys went to America and Canada in for the summer that are literally back just this week. So it's been a very very scratchy year, very stop start, you know. 
Um, you got 110 against a very good team I mean that's got to give you some uh, a, a lot of hope as you said and Barry Collins as well showing up well got that goal the tactic of going along in towards the square it worked but you didn't do it often enough No, no I agree with 100% I, you know, I was screaming at the lads there you know, in fairness to Rob because any, any ball that went into him it either broke or he got something off it I definitely agree that we didn't use it enough do you know it, there's no point in having the guy inside the grab inside there not using him um, You have a bit of a break so the final game I mean for you especially with a dual club that's a big bonus you'd hope that the some people will be back you might get some injuries healed up and you'll have a fully fit squad or as close to a fully fit squad as you could well we'd hope so Joe, but it's all hurling now for the next two weeks so we'll have to see you know what kind of what's the injuries list like after the hurling so we just have to let them go out to hurlers now because they still have a very strong chance of qualifying so you know we're just looking at the relegation now at this stage so we just have to see what the line is after hurling thanks very much thanks Joe. cheers yeah, Jeremy Carthy there speaking to Colin Mahern after Bandon's loss to Dohanese last night. Now it's time to take a quick break. Coming up afterwards, though, we hear from Davy Fitz, uh, his first interview uh, with WLR um, after becoming the Waterford manager for a second time. Uh, certainly going to be an interesting one. And we'll also hear from Paul McGinley. That's coming up. Don't go away. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. Yeah, you're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here in Cork's Red FM. Asian Lee here with you until 7 o'clock. I was just going to say I was slightly happier to see um, Raphael Varane and Terrell Malassia making their way into the pitch. But then I saw Scott McTominay making his way onto the pitch as well. So um, that kind of burst that bubble. Of course, it is 4-0 to Brentford at the Brentford Community Stadium against Manchester United. I've gone through it already in the first half of the show so um, I'm just going to move on from it at this stage uh, let's stick with uh, GAA that uh, of course we, we heard from um, Jeremy McCarthy who was at Bandon versus Dohany's before the break and uh, let's stick with it and big big news of course in the senior hurling management merry-go-round Davy Fitzgerald has returned to Waterford now I am um, I, I think it's hilarious the, 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 the reaction on, on social media from, from Waterford fans like to, to I just can't unless you're from Limerick you cannot be unhappy with getting someone like Davy Fitz in to manage your county because at the moment John Kiley is the only one that is untouchable like and uh, but anyway it's going to make for a very exciting Munster Championship next year um, of course Cork under new management with Pat Ryan uh, if Limerick or Limerick um, Clare versus Waterford will be a great game because you'll have that Davy Fitz versus Clare start a narrative <coughs> excuse me Tipperary versus Waterford will be very interesting of course Liam Cahill back with Waterford going up against um, his or back with Tipperary should I say going up against Waterford uh, for the first time since leaving them so uh, a lot of a lot of great stories uh, are going to be there uh, for the championship next year. But yeah, let's hear from the man himself, Davy Fitz. He was speaking to WLR's Nigel Kelly about his appointment for a second spell in charge of the Daisha. The new and indeed returning Waterford senior hurling boss, Davy Fitzgerald. Davy, you're very welcome uh, back to Waterford, I suppose. Yeah, um, listen, I'm delighted. It's um, it's been a while. It's um. It's been um, maybe 10, 11 years, I think, since I was down last. I think 2000 and 2011 I finished up, and um, yeah. we're now 11 years on, and uh, I suppose a lot of things have changed and things like that, but um, I certainly remember my time fondly, uh, and I mean that sincerely. Um, the three and a half years I had below there were 
or something I'll never forget and um it was it was um it was a very interesting situation to be in having come out of my own playing career straight into managing and um to have managed some of the greats of the game which at a young age was was a really um eye-opening experience how have you changed in that time because look it's been bar the last year obviously when you're involved with Cork Camogie we might get to that in a second but bar that one year where you kind of faded into the back room it's mm. been front and center intercounty manager for what 11 years yeah. like, how have you changed in that time so I suppose we'll take it first like when I came into Waterford I, I suppose I'd been told by a lot of people that team is over the hill and has gone and yeah. you'd like in a way I was actually so excited to work with the big names you've no ideas like the the Kim McGraths the Owen Kellys the John Milans the Dan Shanahan's the Paul Flynn's like you're walking into serious serious individuals Bricks, Clinton, Home Murphy, the Prendergast, like it, it was just massive. And um, I was delighted for the opportunity, but what was really tough about that time was some of them stars were probably coming to the end of their careers. And I know if I'm playing myself, sometimes it's tough to actually realize that and it's tough to deal with it. And being a young manager, to have to deal with some of that was really tough back then and I look back on it and yeah it definitely stood to me but I actually found it hard because I looked up to some of them guys they might not realise that they, were, they might think gosh or Davey hated me or he didn't have any time for me it, didn't, it was actually the complete opposite like there were some of them guys and I actually adored them yeah. so I did. but when you go into management you have a job to do and I, I'd like to think I'd be fair but it was tough um, them three years as regards you're dealing with such legends and some of them were coming to the end of their career and that was tough but on the other hand I absolutely loved it I, I can honestly say in my three and a half years in Watford I, I did really enjoy it and in fairness 99% of the support was brilliant we had mostly good days we had one or two bad days but yeah. in general like that patch of time I think we hit four All-Ireland semi-finals All-Ireland final three Munster finals won one so that wasn't a bad return no. for back then you know no I will say that you haven't answered my question how have you changed in the last 11 years after that period which was fantastic but what's different about Davy Fitz now I suppose or where where have you gone from or where have you come to I actually think I've changed probably a good bit I, I believe if you stay the same way you, you like You'll, you, you won't move on in results like even my time at Clare I definitely evolved from Watford and I learned a lot from Watford my time at Clare then led me on to Wexford and as regards probably how I deal with people and how I see I will be a lot more into the individual now and trying to understand the individual and get the best out of them um, mm, yeah. that will be a lot of the way I've gone um, Were you maybe more in the player mindset then because you were yeah. so fresh out and no more manager or yeah well I had actually managed teams for probably I'd say the bones of believe it or not 15 or 16 years but I'd never been at that level right yeah. um, so even managing the first I, I, I was managing since I was 18 believe it or not right but mm. the first number of years I got an off like, I thought I should be training them all the way I played or the way I wanted yeah. to play them yeah. well, the, the big thing I've probably understood more lately is understand the individual get the best out of the individual bring it in collectively together as much as you possibly can to get results and it probably if you look at my CV it, it's very decent but I get results I think I've got a lot of results the last number of years by getting teams to play to work hard 
be it a training and a matches to represent their county or their club as hard as they possibly can like to me and this has been straight this is the way I look at it like I've, I've had a, a, a good few heart issues over the last few years but I look at life is in this way that the time you have on this earth is the most important thing we have you can make all the money in the world you can do everything but the time we have is very important so how you spend that is very important mm. be it a training be it a communicating so I'm not coming to Waterford just to take a box or whatever people think I'm coming because I really want to and I'm coming to make a difference if I can I can't say I will but I, I'm going to spend my time as much of my time which I, I really value in Waterford giving it the best I can whether that's good or not or enough I don't know but people's got to understand like the time we have and life is precious because people out there like it, things can be wiped in a second we never know what's going to happen and I really value that and I, I'm coming down here to absolutely give it everything I can and see can we even progress Waterford more even than what they are and that's what I'll be trying to do on that right but the squad you have to work with and obviously look the papers have been written for the last the last 24 hours or 48 hours in terms of what you're coming back to and the differences and I suppose in terms of your playing group and what you have to work with entirely different in every sense of the word the only player who remains is Parik Mahoney and I suppose Parik would have been there for you know tail end really I suppose he was coming in as, as almost you were going out looking at this group from the outside and obviously we've seen you on the telly for the last year with Sunday game and What's your assessment been of this water crew? I know now you are the manager and you'll maybe have a different view now as what you would maybe five days ago, but the group you have to work with. I'm very straight out. I'll be very straight out with you. I'm excited about working with this bunch. Um, That's being honest with you. I I am. Like, if we look back and we're totally realistic over the last number of years... It's, it's been good and it has been not so good yeah. like there's been no kind of middle ground at times which is something that I think needs to be addressed a small bit mm-hmm. like they're really on fire yeah. or they're totally off and that, that's been happening just for a small while now <laughs> and I think we got to get a bit of consistency I think is number one and put ourselves in positions to win games all the time yeah. not just at times um, I'm excited by the talent um, without a shadow of a doubt that's, that's there I think they're a very honest bunch I can't wait to get stuck into them. I have a lot of ideas in my head of things I'd like to do and, and um, to bring that further. I We have issues we're going to have to address and look at, um, but there's no doubt the talent is there. I, I never once say that. Um, I believe it is, and that's why I'm so excited about doing this. Yeah. What are your biggest concerns? My biggest concerns are them patches that you've gone through where you've been on fire and then it's like a totally different team and that's happened for a few years and we got to find out that I, I believe that this team can be consistently good and that's what I want it to be is consistently good um, they're good players they're good honest guys like I know these guys and I have a good bit of research even done into them they're good honest hard working guys and they love playing for the county we just got to get that consistency right and um, that's something we're going to look at what's the goal first look a two year term right let's take the first year because you shouldn't look past the next game don't mind the first year what's the goal because a lot of people would say that you know this team aren't a work in progress that they are close to a finished product and that we've seen where they've gotten to like the core group of this team almost all of it got to an All-Ireland final they've got to a Munster final they got to an All-Ireland semi-final two All-Ireland semi-finals um that a lot of people would expect success immediately that it's silverware that it's a provincial title or it's an All-Ireland title and that the league was great and all that but really the only gauge of success is proper silverware to pardon the pun what's your goal for the year? Listen 
I, I could easily kick for touch and tell you like <laughs> I have two years with an option of a third and we'll see can we do it within that all I can tell you is I'm a a driven individual I will be trying to win and tonight can right? I'm not down here to just be mediocre or, or survive I want to do well alright and without putting major words in everyone's mouths or anything like that all I'm going to tell you is I'm driven over be the next year or two or three whatever it is I'll want to win whatever I can win I think if you look back at my my career you will see that that winning is what I do it took me three years to get Leinster to Wexford which I think was um, one of my biggest achievements coming in from where we came from and we got there just took us a small bit we have a few things I know I'd like to change around a, a small bit I know what they are I think so I know what I've got to do um, and all I'll say is let, let's be at the start let's let's be relaxed right we had a good league last year let's see what happens in the league this year and like I, I don't think our Munster Championship um, performances have been great over the last number of years I don't think we've many victories got out of the last 14 or 15 I think we might have one or two so we need to address that first and uh, if we address that then you're in contention yeah. I want us to be in contention to win finals I want us to have an opportunity to win a Munster final or to win an Ireland that's, that's what I want can I promise you it'll happen I can't the only thing I can promise you is oh, by God I'm going to do everything that is possible to bring us there and um, to work extremely hard for the, for the players themselves for their families and for the people who are for, we will work hard talk to me about your backroom team yeah um, so when I met the chairman it was the one thing to, um, obviously as I said to him I have no problem with a few suggestions that he'll throw in and I have a few myself and over the next week or two weeks we're going to take our time and get that sorted will I be talking to a few people I'll be trying to put together the best team possible from every aspect now when you're talking about a background team this isn't just a selector or a coach this is way bigger than that mm-hmm. things have moved on a lot so sure. there's a lot of things I got to weigh up and and we discussed in detail like there wasn't a detail left out of exactly the type of calibre of people we need and where we need to go and can we bring it I have my own ideas to bring it another level and we're going to take our time and get that process right we have a bit of club players at, at this present time yeah. about Anton so we have a small bit of time to get that right I think the last thing it wouldn't be smart to me to just go out and say oh I worked with this fella or that fella before and we bring him in what I want to do is I want to bring the best people it might be some other new people I'm going to look at everything and uh, with the chairman and uh, the board we, we will decide on what the best course is and when you talk about those people and you kind of allude to the, the way the backroom teams have swelled and swelled over the years and remembering that team of people is that what the likes of Limerick in mind was saying and seeing what they've gone to in recent years and even Tip in the couple of years before that and we saw the extreme professionalism that came into the backroom teams and the sheer numbers of people that were involved is is that in your mind at all? Years ago I'm not sure like maybe a few years ago size would have been to have a load of people involved like Swine and Z I'm not really sure I'm down that road now I'm I want the best people possible. Maybe my outlook might have changed in the last few years. Um, but I'm not one. I've no interest in copying Limerick. I've no. The last year has been good for me that I've, I've tried to think of other different things or ways we can do things a small bit differently. And 
I'm I'm seriously just charged up and excited at the moment and looking forward to maybe trying out one or two new at the time and coming down here to give it an immersive shot. What do you want to ask it? Like the club game's underway at the moment. Are you going to be going to your club games? Are we going to see you at some of the grounds? I have a commitment um, today, Saturday. I have one commitment for the last number of months. I have to go out, but I'm actually trying to get over there early and see, can I get back to Watford? Yeah. Um, I'll definitely be in Friarfield on, on Sunday. Yeah, apologies about the end of that clip there. I don't know what started started just crackling away there and uh, kind of a bit choppy but apologies for that but uh, yeah Davy Fitz there speaking uh, to WLR's Nigel Kelly of course his second uh, spell in charge of Waterford just interesting there I suppose talking about the backroom team and like that he was saying he's no interest in, in, in copying uh, Limerick and the 30 plus people they have involved almost but like I can imagine what it goes into like I mean it's just like hiring a, a staff for any job like interviews and everything and like your strength and conditioning and everything like that and psychologists and dietitians and whatever you call them nutritionists and all that so um, yeah it's uh, interesting uh, insight into that I, I suppose whole process but uh, certainly uh, it's going to be exciting next year in the Munster Championship right uh, it's ticking on towards 60 minutes um, in London it's still 4-0 to Brentford against Manchester United um, which is an unbelievable sentence to be uttering um, Scott McTominay just tried to play a bit of football there he turned away from man everything passed the ball off uh, that's a start I suppose right uh, let's finish up with a bit of golf um, of course the only golf ongoing is the FedEx St. Jude's uh, JJ Spawn the leader 11 under par he tees off at 7 o'clock Shane Lowry is the only Irishman left standing uh, through 12 holes he's even he's even for the day so he's 4 under par altogether uh, tied for 50th um, so I presume I do think he's just about going to creep into the last day but um, possibly he needs to pick up a shot or two just to just to get him through and uh, to give him some sort of uh, chance I suppose uh, you know 400 par 7 shots off the lead uh, but it does seem to be quite a low scoring course um, so anyway let's see how that one plays out uh, so yeah Shane Norris the only one you're going to be looking out for tomorrow uh, Rory McIlroy missed the cut of course um, anyway so as we said we'll finish off we'll hear from uh, of course Irish golfing legend uh, and Sky Sports and golf channel analyst Paul McGinley um, he's hosting next week's Irish legends events event at the old Tom Morris links at uh, Rossapenna Golf Course in County Donegal. McGinley spoke to Dennis Corwin about the tournament and the festival surrounding it and he also gave his views on the ever controversial Live Tour. Now I'm delighted to be joined by Irish golfing legend Paul McGinley, the main driving force behind next week's Irish Legends at Rossapenna Golf Club in County Donegal. And, and last year, Paul, your, your fellow winning Ryder Cup captain Thomas Bjorn won the Irish Legends title and he'll be back to defend. Tell us a bit about the event, Paul, and all the activities surrounding it this year now that things are almost back to normal. Yeah, well, I mean, there's three uh, there's three tours on the on, on the European tour. There's a challenge tour for the for the young kids trying to get on the main tour, and then obviously there's the main tour, uh, and then there's the what we call now the legend tour. It's been rebranded as the legend tour, which is the the old seniors tour, and. Uh, this is uh, this is the second edition of of an Irish uh, tournament. Uh, I'm hosting it. My foundation is hosting it, rather, uh, and I'm bringing it up to a place very close to my heart, uh, Donegal, where my mum and dad are from, and where I spent a lot of my childhood. So, uh, looking forward to it. Last year, we played it under COVID uh, conditions, so we had no crowds and a lot of restrictions in place. But uh, ho- thankfully, this year uh, they are not in place, and we were able to. Um, 
you know, open up things and, and have hopefully a, a big crowd, a kind of a festival atmosphere, a festival, a festival going on, to be honest. We're going to have some music and, and bands and, and street parties and stuff like that combined with the golf as well and a big celebrity program beginning on the Tuesday. So all in all, hopefully a great event. And I'm just fingers crossed the weather in Ireland that we've had, the heat wave for the last 10 days can hold out for another seven. Yeah, hopefully it will continue, Paul. As you mentioned, you, you have a whole festival planned around the event and similar to the successful Irish Open you hosted in 2019 down down on the hinge you're kind of bringing the, the the event into the town so to speak yeah i'm a great believer in uh, in rural ireland i'm a great believer that people will, will really embrace um a big international event and you know even though i'm from dublin i'm born in dublin uh you know i'm, I'm a bit anti-dublin when it comes to all the big sporting events i want to see them being brought around the country and certainly when it comes to golf events i'm delighted to see them leaving the dublin area and coming out uh, into the into the countryside, into rural Ireland, and uh, Donegal doesn't get a whole lot of international events. So, uh, although this is a small international event by some standards, they have had the Irish Open there in the past, up in Ballyliffin. But uh, nonetheless, it is going to be quite a substantial event. And what I'm trying to do is just as you said there, Dennis, I'm not, just like I did down in um, down in Lahinch, you know, try to create a festival because that's what Ireland is about: crack, banter, music staying on the streets, having a bit of banter and, uh, you know, meeting up with people and all of that stuff, you know, activities for kids, all of that stuff. And then put the golf tournament in the middle of it. Um, that's really what I'm what, what I'm trying to do. And uh, although it's scaled down quite a lot from what we did in in, uh, in the Hinch, nonetheless, I think it's going to be a great week and, and everybody is welcome to come along. And, uh, and any profits that we make will be supporting my foundation and that money that we raise will be staying in the local community in Donegal. And Paul, you'll have a lot of familiar faces, obviously, playing in the golf. But you'll also have stars of stage and screen and, and many other Irish sporting heroes from different codes. Yeah, absolutely. we got a huge celebrity program on, on the Tuesday. Um, they're coming from all over, Britain and Ireland in particular. And a lot of the people, um, you know, a lot, lot of ex-soccer players, for example, they all love the golf, the soccer players. Uh, Daniel O'Donnell from the World of Entertainment is coming. Brendan O'Carroll from the World of Entertainment, you know. Danny O'Carroll as well, too, his son. You know, we're, we're going to have a lot of people like that uh, coming over. Mike Tindall played last year uh, from the world of rugby. And, you know, we, we've got all kinds of people from different different backgrounds, not just sporting, entertainment as well, too. And they come along and they play the, pro, the celebrity program on the Tuesday. And um, then uh, Wednesday is a practice day and then the tournament's starts for real on Thursday and some of those celebrities are going to stay and play the tournament as well because it is a pro-am format you know uh, Brendan O'Carroll and Daniel O'Donnell for two for example are definitely going to be staying and playing that event as well too and and they'll be playing and partnering up with a pro and, and there's an individual event for them uh, as well as a team event and of course uh, a pro event as well too so all in all look it's not the most cutthroat competitive environment that you might see in a week to week on the on the PGA or European tours but uh, it's still nonetheless a substantial event on the seniors tour, you know, they don't play for a lot of money on that tour. The prize money is equivalent to probably, I don't know, I'm going to say 50th in the in the PGA Tour event over in the FedEx this week, maybe even lower. But nonetheless, uh, that's uh, that, that's that's what we're playing for. And we have a lot of fun. It's great to see all buddies that I played with on tour and, and, and playing in these uh, seniors events. There's only one Paul McGinley, but I'm sure you wish there was two at this stage, Paul. You're a busy man. Uh, you're doing plenty of work with Sky, obviously. And and, and indeed, your, your association with the Golf Channel in the United States has been very, very very successful. Rumoured that perhaps your colleague Brandel Shambly might be playing next week. Any truth in that? 
Yes, yes, there is truth in it. He's coming over with his wife Bailey. She's gonna. She's a good player too. She's a single finger handicap, and they've never been to Ireland before. It's a big uh, thing for them. And you know, the time that I spent with Brandel working for Golf Channel and NBC over the last uh, twelve months, I've been able to talk him into uh, twisting his arm into coming over. So he's going to be a great addition there. He is a brilliant analyst. I don't know anybody's had the chance to listen to him. Uh, incredibly insightful. I, I love working with him, and I learn a lot from working with him. And uh, he's going to bring uh, a lot. He's a good player remember I mean he was a very successful player on tour for a long number of years in the PGA Tour um, so he's going to play obviously and, uh, and and see how he does and, and I'm going to play as well and, and we'll have a lot of fun doing it he'll be a great addition to the field he'll be very popular he's a very very sweet guy uh, as is Bailey, his wife, and I think they're going to be blown away with uh, with the charms of Donegal. And you're both noted as, as as straight shooters, Paul. Obviously, the game is in a state of flux at present with the arrival of the highly controversial Live Golf Series. Uh, how do you think this is all going to wash through? God, is it, I wish a uh, crystal ball. It's very, very difficult, Dennis, to predict what's going to happen. I mean, at the moment, there's two buses. You know, you're on one bus, you're on the other. You're on the Live bus, and that's kind of has left the station at this stage. And then you got the you know the PGA Tour, which is the old established tour along with the DP World Tour, European Tour. That's the other bus. And, you know, that's where all the top players at this moment in time in the world uh, are all staying with. So uh, there's two different buses. They're both going in two different directions. It's going to be very difficult to get the two buses connected to each other again because of the amounts of money that has been involved. So I think there's going to be more turmoil to come over the next 12 months. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the Saudis are paying. Yeah, that is all we have time for from Paul McGinley there uh, speaking to Dennis Kerwin. Uh, that's it. We're out of time. As I said, um, if you need to catch up on the Nemo versus uh, Castlehaven game, uh, Jeremy McCarthy has live updates on the at Big Red Bench Twitter account. If you missed us, you can catch up on redfm.ie or the Big Red Bench podcast. Until next, uh, until tomorrow evening, actually, Rory will be here. Uh, we'll talk to you again. Good luck. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.